But like, here's the real thing. Are you actually terrified of your real potential? Hey there, Home Slice. You're listening to the Do the Brave Thing online business podcast, where it is our soul and soul's mission to eradicate this idea that nice people finish last in business and to put money in the hands of good people so they can do good with it. And hey, you're listening, so that makes you a good, nice person. And I want to make sure that you can get your products and services, whether they're just an idea in your head or something you are currently selling out to the massive in a way where they just want to throw their credit cards at you all of the time and actually thank you for taking their money. This podcast is gonna give you dangerously actionable tips to do just that, but we're also gonna work on your mindset because yeah, sure, you can use contractions in your emails to sound less robotic, but if you can't find the time to write something or keep on second guessing yourself and never hit send, Well, it doesn't much matter anyways. You're also gonna hear inspiring stories from other online business owners who dared to do the brave thing because when you default to doing the brave thing, you are going to see massive growth in your business. Now let's get to it. What is up, my Do The Brave Thing home slices? Kate Doster here of katedoster.com. And as always, I am super excited to be in your ear holes today. And y'all have been scooping up Trello magic. <laughs> like, nobody's business. Um, You can go to katedoster.com forward slash Trello dash magic if you want to go ahead and get yours. We've been getting so many emails back from people being like, I can't believe this is $24. Oh my God, I love just the social media quotes. This has changed my business entirely. I can't believe this isn't more expensive. Like, it's just a system that I used to sort of wrangle my brain. And I thought, hey, it could help other people and really sort of help you like get into this just like kind of like freelancer to like, I'm like a solopreneur slash like I'm the boss. I am a CEO of a company, darn it, type of mentality. So I'm so glad that everyone has been enjoying it. Again, you can go to katedoster.com forward slash Trello dash magic. I'll go ahead and put the link down below here for that. I just, oh, y'all, <laughs> can you tell I just read a fan message about it? So today's episode is actually brought to us by questions, and I'm going to go ahead and put a link down below as well. I would love it if you could submit a question or topic or something that you want me to riff on here on the show. We had one when back when we were inbox besties, we had an entire season that was just fueled by listeners questions. And I would love to be able to do more, whether it is a solo episode for one juicy question like this one, or whether we just do like a whole big dump of them, like especially like personal and behind the scenes ones. So you can go to katedoster.com forward slash ask to be able to submit the questions there. And I would absolutely love to hear it. Um, I can also put a link if you want to submit them anonymously, but I have to be honest with you with that system, I do tend to lose them. <laughs> so this question is, was basically, how do you stay true to yourself? That was the actual like word for word question that they asked. And I was like, that is such an interesting question. And at first I thought it was a little bit about like, y'all know, like what you hear here and what you see on like my Instagram reels and stuff and in my courses. And if you're one of my coaching clients or you're in love your list, like what you see is what you get. (laughs) Like I am no different from inside and outside. And so I thought maybe like that was kind of where the question was going. And so I was sort of mulling it over about like, do they feel like they need to put in an identity or they need to be a figure? Because I get it. Like I make really corny jokes and puns and I'm kind of a loud person and the ADHD means that I'm an over talker, but not everyone has a part of them that's like over the top to them. It feels disingenuous because maybe they are more quiet. They are more reserved. They are more conservative. And one example, and this is from way back in the day and guys doesn't have our online business anymore, um, which really stinks. But somebody who I thought was like the perfect quiet personality was Elle from Ellen Co. And she was a graphic designer and she was just 
she was just a quiet individual. And so her copy came off as like very quiet and she had an extremely successful business. She just felt called to do something else in her life. And so that's why she ended up shutting it down. But it was just like, is she asking how to let more of her authentic self out? And what I would say to that, if that is where truly this question was going, but how do you stay like yourself and not starting to sound like others? It is about giving yourself permission to be seen and not be devastated if people don't necessarily like it. So I had an email that went out um, a couple weeks ago, I think as the time this went out and it was dealing with a hater and we don't get too many haters. I gotta be honest with you because again, I'm pretty forthcoming, right? And I also don't buy into the energy that like, oh, like the bigger you are, like the more haters you get, or if no one's saying bad things about you, then like not enough people are seeing you. I think that's a stupid, toxic belief. Just straight up, it's stupid, toxic belief. I don't want it. So I don't subscribe to that energy. Nope, not a thing. Y'all can take that with you. You should. And so it's very, very rare that we get somebody who says something about it because again, the way I show up here, the way I show up on Instagram, the way I show up in my copy, the way I show up when I'm in bundles on my sales pages, like... If I'm talking about like you'd rather basically poop yourself at the DMV than write emails on the email marketing fairy <laughs> sales page, you got to know the type of person you're getting into, right? And so basically the email that I talked about talks about embracing unsubscribes because my person, my muse, really is a highly sensitive person. And when they spend so much time and effort creating this email, maybe they pour buckets of value in there and the people unsubscribe, they take it personally. Like they're a horrible person. They suck. It makes like them like just completely ruin their day. And I was like, well, if I never sent the email, then I'd have a hundred people. But now I sent it like they told me to. And now I only have 85. And like they make it mean that they're an awful person and they have a hard time separating themselves, their self-worth as a person from an email thing. Because like, here's the thing. And I share it in this email. The common stat is about 1% of people technically will unsubscribe when you send them a newsletter, regardless of what it is. Now, obviously we always want to sharp shoot for lower than that. This was a statistic I believe that I got from MailChimp um, a couple of years ago. But like, that's that's what it is. Like, I just pulled that number out of my butt. I read it <laughs> in a study that somebody had. Guys, follow email marketing service providers. They have great stats. And so like I'd share that. And the reason why this hater got to me for like two whole seconds wasn't because it was somebody like attacking me and my professionalism. Cause again, like, bro, you run my sales pages. Like you run my landing pages. You know where we're going with this. It was, I can't believe that there are people that would need to hear this. And I was like, oh, hell no. Nobody comes after my people. Like haters can say whatever they want about me because I don't give a damn. I don't know them. They don't know me. Um, chances are usually they're just having a bad day or there are some tech issues. And honestly, like I don't want your money. And this person was like, well, I'll never spend a dollar with you. It's like, I don't want your money because you're not allowed to give me money. Like <laughs> that's hilarious that you have enough time in your business to send hate mail. Um, I'm too busy serving the people. And like, I have a threshold. I have a bare minimum level of coolness in order for people to give me their money. <laughs> you're banned. Uh, you did not make the cool factor. And so Basically, in this email, I talk about how getting unsubscribes, I want you to do a reframe and think of it as a good thing because it means that you took action. And nowhere in this email do I actually say like, you need to spam people and send them like five messages a day or daily emails or like pressure them and use gross tactics. I'm talking about showing up once a week with a newsletter. And this person who was replying back to this email clearly didn't read the freaking email. It's like you obviously read two sentences and you didn't actually read the email, right? And it was that like, oh, I can't believe like people actually need to learn this. Like, yeah, 
some people don't want to be annoying. Obviously, you don't care. Um, and so when my philosophy, when it comes to haters, if you guys are on my email list, you have already seen this, um, we ignore them. We just straight up ignore them. You get deleted. And people are like, oh, like how, you know, you're just going to like let people like walk all over you or like say these mean things. Again, it is very, very rare that these people are allowed into my sphere. And like all they want is attention and validation. And I'm not going to give that to them. But when somebody comes after my people, that is intolerable. And that's what I said. I'm like, I'm obviously not the teacher for you. And that is fine. And I hope you find somebody that does jive with your values because obviously we don't. Like, I don't, I don't want you here. I don't need your, your money. Like, I don't know what they were expecting. Like, I'm going to bend over backwards and apologize to no one. Absolutely no one. And so when I read this question again, and again, maybe it could be fired up because somebody was like, who would actually like, no, 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 you do not come after my people. Like that is, that is very randy. So this, how do you stay true to yourself question is something that I've been mulling it over. And I'm like, at the heart of this, it's like, okay, is it the surface level? Like, how do you add personality when like, you don't feel like you have personality? And we talk about this, right? What are some things that you find engaging, right? If you don't want to bring in your personality as in like hobbies or things relatable to your audience, you don't have to. There are people that love people who are frank and to the point. Okay. And when you start writing in those voices, again, those short sentences, the not sugarcoating it, that sort of stuff, that's great. That's definitely going to work. Okay. By no means. But is it, how do you stay true to yourself when everybody else is telling you to do something different? And so that is really what I want to sort of riff on, even though we spent (laughs) nine minutes on Kate's dealing with haters and such. And I think this kind of boils down to a little bit of, going to call it insecurity because it's that, but it also comes down, I think, to an overconsumption problem, truly. And like, I know that especially like, say, one of the things that I used to do when I was a copywriter, I don't take copywriting clients anymore. It's when I write words to make other people money, was we would look at people's competition to see like what they're doing and product suites and all this other stuff. I truly have adopted the belief that I am competition proof. I know there are other people that teach the things that I teach. Um, They do not teach it in the same way. We do not use the same examples. We don't necessarily have the same vibes. We're going to have Liz Wilcox on, I think in a couple of weeks when the interview is going to become live. We both talk about email marketing and we're both hella freaking cool, but like we're still two different people, right? And like both of us are very much of an abundant mindset. Both of us literally Hamilton ourselves out of poverty and dragged our families with us up (laughs) because we decided to right and get great at it right and so i think that that also comes into play is stop consuming so much stop looking at other people in your niche literally stop following other business accounts and you'll be like hey should i stop listening to the do the brave thing podcast yeah if it is triggering you if you're like oh my goodness like should i start a podcast because kate's starting a podcast oh my goodness like she's doing paid workshops she is guys i'll keep you posted on those um you know she she's doing this stuff she offers one on coaching like should i do this stop consuming other people's stuff, okay? Especially those that are just a bit too close for comfort. I will be honest, when I first started my business, and especially when I transitioned over more into courses, because I had no time when I was really a copywriter, I guess I was busy all of the time, I 1,000% hate read people's blogs that like I found on Pinterest. That's probably how I found some people that I know also talk about email marketing. And I'm like, why 
I was wasting all of that time because I was in such a low energy and such a low vibe. I was getting like some weird like dopamine hit from like reading them and seeing their success and being like, oh, like the woe is me, why is me type of scenario. And like one day you just wake up and you're like, that is literally doing nothing for anyone. And at some point you'll find, maybe it's because you become more confident in your abilities, because you're starting to see results. And I do think that taking action is honestly the only way to really break out of this cycle besides working on your energetics. Like you need to do both. You need to take the action. Some of the energetics you're going to need to do actions in order to get there, right? And so I think that that can be a lot of it. Now, I did want to also talk on this discussion again. So we talked about stop consuming, stop comparing. How do you stop comparing yourself? Stop looking at other people. Put the freaking blinders on, okay? Because here's the thing. If somebody is going to buy an Amy Porterfield course and not a Kate course, it doesn't matter that Amy has got the same course that I have. They would have always bought from her. Okay, because here's the thing. Amy and I are two completely different people. Sure, we both have a podcast, but like, that's about it. Okay, and I have no problem with that. And what ends up happening, and you can tell when you're ready, if you will, to start like consuming again, because you know you won't have such comparison, is when you see other people who potentially talk about the same thing you do or are in the same industry or even in like different industries, right? And you see it as like, if she can do this, I can do this. And like that That is something that you might have to work up towards, but that is something that I see now. Like if I hear something like, oh my goodness, like this person had like a $7,000 launch and they did like no ads. I'm like, oh, like I can't, no. Now I see what's possible. It's like, and this is an example that I heard from one of the podcasts that I listened to because y'all know I'm big into fitness. Uh, (laughs) I know. And he was talking about how for the longest time, nobody could break a four minute mile. Like no one could actually run a four minute mile. And now you have high schoolers doing it all because one guy did it literally within a couple of weeks. I think it was less than two weeks later, seven other people broke a four minute mile because all they needed to see was potential. Okay. So that is an, again, another way to get out of this comparison itis and that low vibe, because that's not going to serve you. And ironically, it's going to repel the people that give you money anyways, because you're too busy, like hate reading stuff and hate comparing yourself to other people. You don't have to be anyone else, but you have to show up. You have to show up. And so I think where it really, especially in business, where it can get really muddied up is that you're going to, especially when you name it your name, you're going to think that like Kate Doster LLC is the same thing as Kate Doster. It is not. My ability to make money, what happens in my business has nothing to do with my self-worth as a person. Yeah, do I think it's really cool that I'm like, you know, a mom who goes powerlifting and has a seven-figure course business? Yes, I think that that's pretty awesome, especially considered we start on welfare. Yeah, I'm gonna pat myself on the back for that one. But even if it's all one way tomorrow and I got a corporate job, or worked in fast food because y'all, I think we need good fast food workers. Like they're, they're the ones that are really running the country. Let's be honest. Baristas, please don't quit. Uh, <laughs> I'll miss you far too much. Please stay there. It's not. And it took me a really long time to be able to sort out my self-worth as a person for my self-worth as a business. And I think that it's because especially for our all of like my Western listeners and especially people in America, and I want to say Canada, you get dragged in with us all the time. It's that go, 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 produce, produce, produce mentality. And so if you're not hustling or you're not getting lots of money, then obviously you're awful as a human being. 
And those things have nothing to do with each other because I know people that have no money and who are amazing. I know people that do have a lot of money and they are hella amazing. But I also know poor people who suck ass. And I also know people who are rich that are awful. So that has nothing to do with you and your personality. And again, when we have a hard time separating ourselves from our business, especially if we are the face of the brand or we ourselves hold ourselves to such a high standard, are you afraid that if you stay true to yourself, and we're gonna talk about decision-making in a second, if you stay true to yourself, what if it doesn't work out? And I think that that's where a lot of this can sort of get muddied up and why you might have a problem staying true to yourself and being who you are is because you are afraid of that judgment. You are afraid of people comparing you to others and thinking you are less than. You are not less than. You are not your business. Can I say this again? You are not your business. Even if you are a personal brand, even if it is your name slapped across everything, like a girl over here, you are not your business. Your business has nothing to do with you as yourself as a person. And I'm not here to tell you that it is an easy thing. It is simple for me to say, just show up as you and don't worry about being judged. But being judged is part of the thing that we're scared about. Like it is in our DNA because guess what? When you got kicked out of the tribe, you were getting eaten by the saber-toothed tiger. You were going to be cold because you had nobody else to huddle with in the fire. And so I think that it's still some of us deprogramming that sense of like rejection. And especially for all of my ADHD people, we tend to be overly sensitive to rejection. It is something that I have overcome, but it was something as soon as I learned like, oh, that's a trait. I'm like, oh, oh, that's it, right? And so the flip side of that about if we're us and it doesn't work out, then obviously we suck and we're the worst person in the world. And like now everyone's going to judge us and that's going to be awful. And then the other side is, are you terrified of your real potential. Like that's the thing when I was outlining this episode because I have notes on my phone, even though we're definitely riffing a lot here. We are going to talk about decision-making. I swear it's coming. It's coming. Is the opposite. And I know in our last episode, when we talked about the anti-planning approach to hitting our goals, we talked about go right out all the things you wouldn't do if you wanted to succeed i.e. I wouldn't post on social media, I wouldn't email my list, I wouldn't hit any of my deadlines, I would tell everyone that they suck ass, um, that sort of a thing, right? Go back and listen to the last episode. Are you terrified of your potential? And what I mean by this is if you show up as you, now you have no excuse because you did everything that you were supposed to do. You were showing up as your authentic self. Again, I, ugh, no, I can't even say that with a straight face. So you showed up, as you, you presented yourself, your personality, you were just as giving as you are, you sounded like yourself, you did all your best things. What if it works out? What if it works out so much to the point where now you're too successful? Or, and this is what happens with some people, again, about being afraid of your actual potential, are other people gonna think that you changed and they're not gonna like you anymore? Are you going to do so well that now you're going to create a new set of problems that you are so unequipped to handle and you are scared in the potential of like, well, what's going to happen if 
I have all this growth and then I have to hire somebody and then they do something bad and then I have to fire them and then I'm back in these negative feelings. And like, it all kind of comes down to energetics and feelings. And I want you to remind yourself that you are capable. You wouldn't be listening to the show if you wouldn't because everything that I have told you in this entire episode would have been triggering for lack of a better word and you would have stopped listening. So you made it this far and I need you to ask yourself, are you terrified of your actual potential? If you show up as your actual self and it freaking works, it works. Are you afraid because you are not equipped to handle those next problems? Because here's the thing, you're probably familiar with the feast or famine of getting clients. You are familiar with, okay, like I do a flash launch and it works and, or, you know, I'll put out a reel and it gets a couple thousand views, but like, I'm not used to it, like going like super viral. Like, what do I do then? Because then it's like, okay, now the expectation is higher of me. Am I going to be able to handle it? Or, and this is the other flip side of that. What if I lose it? What if I lose it? And like, here's the thing. Once you do it once, you can build it back up again. If you go and you listen to any autobiography of any successful business owner or actor, because I love listening to actors' autobiographies and biographies. They are fascinating. I love Smarty Pants. That one's amazing. Um, I love Yes And. Like, they're fantastic. I'm actually just reading now the one from Desola Davis. Y'all, I have met her. She is super nice. She's from Rhode Island, where I'm from. And so everybody has had to start over. Everybody has blown something up in some way or came up against a challenge where they might have made the wrong choice. So now let's talk about decisions and about staying true to yourself because this is where things can get hard. And this is why the guests that I'm featuring on this season of Do the Brave Thing is about people who went against the green. So we have Lindsay coming up who is the... The Feminist Gymnast, which I love her so much. We've got Liz Wilcox who's coming up, who Liz's story, and again, Liz and I are friends, so obviously I always want to chat with her um, whenever we can. But like she decided to do a $9 a month membership when everyone is charging so much more money for everything. And she went with the approach, and I hope she says this line in a couple of weeks, where like, she's like, Walmart does well. Why can't I be the Walmart <laughs> of my industry? Like, it's fine. And so... What I want you to like think about here is that we need to be able to trust ourselves more. And when it comes to be able to make these decisions of like, okay, well, like how do I price it? You know, do I offer one-on-one -on -one coaching? Um, should I just go with, you know, an evergreen model and I'll have one signature course and everything I'll do will just push, push, push because it's working for person X, Y, and Z. I already told you to stop comparing yourself with her or whatever. When you are sitting down with these decisions, one, realize you cannot make a wrong decision. Is something going to take a little longer than before? Probably. But the way that you can tell if a decision is a right decision, and this is something that I've really been working on lately because our business has been in a big transition, but one to like, it's expansive. And so when I'm trying to make a decision and be more definitive about stuff, the answer always is the one that makes me feel expanded and the one that makes me feel energized is the right choice. Like that is the right choice. And it's so weird because uh, I'm recording this, spoiler, like two days before the episode goes out live, I was just on a coaching call with one of my listees and she helps widowers deal with financial issues, especially those who had developed an overspending habit. 
And she literally <laughs> said like the same thing. I'm like, oh my goodness, this is my notes. About how when she was helping people with their impulse control, it's like, does it make you feel expansive? Or is there sort of shame and guilt around something? And like, if you keep, here's like a thing. If you keep on second guessing yourself, then the answer is no. The answer is no. And if that makes you feel shrunk, that I just told you, if you're like going back and forth, like, should I do this? Should I do that? Should I, and I just told you no to something, then guess what? The opposite's true. Because the other one makes you feel more expansive. Should you have a $7 workshop or should you have a $7,000 coaching? Which one lights you up? And if you really get down to your heart of hearts, you're like, it's a $7,000 coaching package, but this, but this, but this. Screw those butts. You can turn them around. You are going to have your content and the things that you talk about geared towards people who are the type of people that make $7,000 investments because it is only a belief that your audience doesn't pay for those things, okay? And when you go in with that belief and that confidence and that energy, all of a sudden things change. So again, how do you stay true to yourself? Because I know that I riff like all over the place in here. One, one, stop consuming things. Like I cannot get over this. Until you cannot be triggered or honestly feel like down, like a down pull, from somebody else's stuff, you're gonna block them. You're gonna unmute them. You are not going to allow yourself to do this emotional cutting over and over and over again. Two, if you are scared about letting your personality shine, you need to realize that you are not the same as your business. And just like I would never shove 225 pounds on somebody's back to squat, I'm not gonna ask you to do that when you're trying to stay true to yourself and maybe be a little bit more of you in your marketing, start tiny. How do you say hello? How do you say something is good? And then work up from there, grow that strength. My coach was very impressed with this analogy. It's about progressive overload. You are going to progressively allow yourself to let yourself shine through more and more and more, okay? You are gonna ask yourself the tough question, am I truly afraid of my potential here? What if it all goes right? Is something bad going to happen? Do I have that weird fear? And a lot of people do. Don't judge yourself. And then that last one, when you are coming up to a decision and you can't decide like, okay, you know, I always said that I was going to always be on the cheaper end of the market, but like, gosh, I'm really feeling pulled to be able to do this. You are allowed to change your mind if you are doing something out of creativity and that expansive sort of big feeling. And if I can think of a different term, I'll have it, but I just feel like feeling expansive really just does it. If it makes you feel bigger, even if you're scared, but it makes you feel bigger, then do it, okay? Then do it. Because guess what, y'all? If you want to see success, whether it is something personal development-wise, whether it is something business-wise, what do you always have to do? Well, look at that action taker. You made it all the way to the end. Kudos to you. So if you want to keep this do the brave thing momentum going, because let's be real, sure, listening to a 25 to 30 minute podcast can definitely get you amped, but what are you going to do the rest of the week? Make sure you're following me over on Instagram, Kate underscore Doster. There's a link in the bio. And if you absolutely love this episode, it would be fantastic if you could leave us a rating and review or share a screenshot and tag us on your Instagram stories. I'll see you next week. Later days.